African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Good morning and welcome to yet another interactive installment of African Dialogue. You are joined into Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. I'm your host, Kumbaro Munjerere, and we are currently on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. This past weekend, South African Home Affairs Minister Malusi Gigaba hosted the National Conference on International Migration in Santen, Johannesburg. So today we talk about some of the deliberations that took place at the conference. Well, the South African Department of Home Affairs last week hosted a two-day national conference on international migration at the Centen Convention Center, Johannesburg. Minister Malusi Gigaba identified uh, the development of a new international migration policy as one of his top priorities during his term of office. This policy review seeks to lay a solid policy foundation for South Africa uh, to manage international migration securely and effectively in line with the National Development Plan. While the conference was attended by ministers of Home Affairs from Zimbabwe, Namibia, Lesotho, and Swaziland ambassadors as well as international experts and practitioners invited uh, to share international experience on uh, the management of international migration. Well, to take the discussion further, I am joined on the line by uh, Mukuseli Apleni, uh, Director General of the South African Department of Home Affairs, and Tumelo Raboletsi, Director of the Department of Home Affairs in the Kingdom of Lesotho. Also joining us is His Excellency Emmanuel Mwamba. He is the High Commissioner of the Republic of Zambia to South Africa. Thank you all for joining us here on African Dialogue. Thank Good, you very much. Uh, day to you and as well as to the listener. All right, uh, thank you. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you, Mr. Aplaney. Tell us briefly about your reflections of the two-day conference which was hosted this past, week, this past weekend. Well, it was a good experience uh, to us as, as a department, uh, more special that the policy which we are developing is not for home affairs, but is for the people who want to come into our is also for the country which wants to utilize it mm-hmm. in to be able to go to the global village. So it was really a good conference for us. If you look at the people who were around at that conference in terms of uh, ministers, as you said, from the SATEC region, business, labor, community, and, and, and all that. But, uh, and, and also what we're looking for is that we wanted to develop a policy uh, which must really be based on a South African regional and the African uh, context. 
so we're able now because of that to understand uh, things uh, better. And really what we want this thing uh, to drive is that we are looking for really a whole government, society and a regional approach into the issues of international migration. Now, the conference was premised on uh, South Africa's new international migration policy, as uh, you have uh, pointed out, Mr. Planey. Uh, just give us a sense of uh, this new policy and uh, the rationale behind it, please. Yes. Well, as we said, the, 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 the current policy white paper which we have was really drawn up in 1999, uh, which was really very early. At, 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 at South Africa to join at the global uh, village and the change uh, in the political landscape of the whole world uh, constantly run on the basis of that police. So what we're looking for is to say we need to come up with policies must be able to respond uh, to the issues of the security of the country the economic uh, uh, development uh, for the country, as we know, that we cannot be able to drive these things at our own, and as well as the sovereignty of, of the state. So by doing that, we're able now to look at various things, uh, which uh, in, in particular, which were not there uh, in, the, in, the, in the 1999. For instance, the issue of management of international migrants with skills and capital. Uh, it was very important to us. And also uh, the issue of looking at uh, management uh, of, of, of ties with the expatriates, uh, because in the past uh, people were leaving the country, it was looked like it is a good riddance. And we realized that you know, when people go and get out of the country, they go there, they acquire certain skills, they can become ambassadors of, of the country to bring a foreign direct investment into and we are part of the group so now we need to keep contact uh, with people like that and also how do we manage international migration as part as Afri- with regard to the African context South Africa is part of the continent yes we need to look at our national interest look at the region look at the continent and then at the rest of the world so we're able to do that but one of the only issues which now are coming clear on the police is to say how do we manage the issues of asylum seekers and the refugees yes we need to look at it on the basis of the human rights but at the same time we need to make sure that we've got a system which must differentiate which has been a problem to us of the economic migrants which makes us now not to look properly of the genuine asylum seekers was sure. one of the topics which you wanted to look at it. Now, amongst the policy changes being considered, as you mentioned, there is uh, the creation of processing centers for asylum seekers along South Africa's borders. But human rights activists are up in arms, uh, Mr. Apleni. Uh, they are concerned that they are concerned about additional restrictions that are being introduced for asylum seekers. Uh, the creation of additional detention centers in the various provinces, and what they call the removal of the right to work and study for asylum seekers. How do you respond to that criticism? Yes, as I've said, that it was a good thing for us uh, to go and get the, the views of other people 
so that we don't take all these things only at our own perspective, but even ourselves to explain ourselves what do you mean by this. I think the key thing here is to say, I am running out of my country because of persecution. Now I am seeking a protection into another country, in this instance now South Africa. How do we ensure that you get that protection? That protection should start at the time that we are arriving in this country. Because if we don't do that, then you might find that the people, they end up vulnerable. Because if now you've got a lot of people in our country undocumented, that promotes their vulnerability instead of protection. Let me make an example. People, they come, they don't get documented, they go and work in the farms or everywhere. And then, then the farmer says, no, 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 I'm paying salaries on a half yearly basis. People work for six months. When the time comes for them to be paid, he says, no, go away. But that person can't go anywhere else because it doesn't have a document. Then they become vulnerable. Sure. And we made it clear in the workshop, that in the conference, that no, this is not about detention. It's about holding whilst you are dealing with your case. And once you are there, it means now you'll be giving a shelter, you'll be having a food. And it's not all of them. That's why we try to make it clear. Let's differentiate. Those who are a low risk, low risk in this instance, means people who are coming from areas which generally will know that it will produce the, the asylum seekers, whether there's wars and all that. But others are coming to countries which they are not prone into those issues. But they are not saying there can be no asylum seeker from Lesotho. There can be no asylum seeker from Sudan. They can sure. if he meets that criteria. But the majority of them are more economic migrants than Lesotho. But let's deal with it. That's why now in the policy, they even propose them to say, how do we deal with the economic migrants? So they don't go on the route of being an asylum seeker, but I'm here in South Africa looking for a job. And we're able to even demonstrate that. As long as we look at during the festive season, how many people go back to the countries which are sharing them with the public? It means they are not here to want to be South Africans. They still want to remain the citizens of the neighboring countries with us, but they're coming here for economic reasons. Let me come to you, um, High Commissioner Mwamba, you know, of, of High Commissioner of Mwamba of the Republic of Zambia to South Africa. What is your reflection of the two-day conference uh, held this past weekend? Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, we think that um, the international migration policy being proposed and as reflected in the white paper is forward-looking. We congratulate South Africa for reforming its own migration law that um, ensures that it attracts and continues to attract investment, uh, continues to attract skills and skills transfer, and that is conforming to the regional agenda of SADC and uh, AU, especially the Agenda 2063, that proposes for free migration of people, goods and services, especially African. So we, we found uh, the documents proposed and the discussion very progressive, especially in light of um, these feelings that have been occurring against um, you know, foreign nationals. But you can see that uh, South Africa 
uh, the government wishes to reform its migration policy to attend to all these needs, the national needs, sovereign needs, and international and regional needs. Dumelo, your impressions of the conference, please. No, thank you very Thank you very much and a very good morning to our colleagues on the line. Now look, we, uh, I think one has to start by echoing the same sentiments to thank the government of the Republic of South Africa. If you look at what they have done, it's truly unprecedented. A country developing an international migration policy, but felt that the very core of that is to put around the table some of the neighboring countries to reflect and comment on the paper. And so that, I think, deserves um, our applause and, and our, our our principal did echo the sentiments while we were in Johannesburg. But let me say from the point of view of Lesotho, and you will recall and, I'll, and our listeners will know that Lesotho is South Africa landlocked. And for decades, many of the migration-related challenges that we have had over the years had to do with people at the lower end, uh, the unskilled workers that are in the farms, that are in constructions, um, that are running small micro-businesses around the Republic of South Africa, but that were not catered for by the the immigration law. And taking into account the fact that um, in the past years, South Africa introduced what some of the experts called a major policy intervention by the Republic in the past five years, the Soto Special Permit, to take care of many of those unskilled Basotho who works in the farms, who work in in various economic sectors in the Republic. Now, if you look at the, the, the policy interventions as proposed by the, the, the White Paper, what was particularly of keen interest to us was the, the management of international migration within the context of um, Africa. Um, that was very key for us, and you will note that it also take into account the fact that some of, and some of the issues that the DG is highlighting, that people will run into seeking for asylum seekers when in fact these are economic migrants. And because the law does not provide for, for them, then they hide behind asylum. So what is important for us was the introduction of this chapter, the introduction of this uh, management of migration within the context of uh, um, Africa, wherein uh, quotas for countries will then be introduced. And that will take care for a country like Basutu, um, will take care of those unskilled uh, Basutu who work in construction, who work in farms, and who are domestic workers in Zimbabwe. So we, we felt the approach by the Republic was commendable. We are happy with the proposed um, um, amend the, the proposed law, and we are, we look forward to the implementation of, of of the law. But I think it's important to to hail and acknowledge the the approach that the South Africa has taken to seek inputs from the neighboring countries. So it was a very meaningful two-day workshop. Now, High Commissioner Muamba, the effective management of uh, migration has been a hot potato here on the continent. How do you think we should manage regional integration, particularly looking at our region of uh, SADC, without compromising on the national security of our countries? What do you think, High Commissioner? Yeah, first of all, we need to recognize our history. We were one people, you know, communities that someone sat in Europe just 
barely 120 years ago in, in, in Berlin, uh, the Berlin Conference in 1884, and made divisions. Uh, it didn't matter where the communities were. They found themselves brother to brother, became foreigners to one another. Um, we have since accepted these borders, and they've now formed sovereignty for our uh, uh, the character of who the states are, national states and national governments. But uh, it's very important that when we craft policy, we reflect that these divisions were artificial, they divided communities. Uh, the, my colleague from Lesotho, for example, speaks of how they are a landlord country in South Africa. And uh, 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 that's why I held the white paper that uh, it is very good because it's looking at our regional interest as SADIC, then as AU and the agenda, the reforming agenda for Africa, it has taken all those into account, not compromising national security and national sovereignty. Sure. Mr. Apleni, what has been the reaction to the white paper by the South African opposition parties? Yes. Yeah. No, uh, uh, the process now, as uh, you know, that we're just in now communicating and getting views uh, from everybody else. As of tomorrow, we're now presenting now the results of that process into cabinet. And then from there, we'll be going again now to the uh, parliament where now the uh, parties are there. But as I'm saying, looking at this already, the feedback which we are getting is to say, yes, we are in the right direction. However, note this and that and that, like this issue now which we're talking about of, 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 of the processing centers to say, we must be careful about that. So we have invited the, the Human Rights Commission was also there so that we can be able to understand that don't uh, think this thing can is a solution can it can become a bigger problem because of the experiences which people have uh, from other countries in the world and there was some good data from the UNHCR from, uh, from Switzerland to be able to say to us, we know what is happening. There are good intentions of things like this, but it can end up with unintended consequences. Therefore, we must be able to watch for this. So that's what we are saying. We will continue to engage with people. It is not a cast and stone policy, but as long as the direction which we are taking is in a way of resolving the problem. Then the major issue was emphasized in the conference is they want to say, have a regional approach. Don't manage this as South Africa. So on subject, this is our own problem. All of us, we need to get into it and assist each other. Once we have a regional approach, then a lot of things will be resolved, which I'm really confident that, that, that this policy will help us to do so. Now, the new policy, Mr. Aplani, comes amid a wave of violence in recent weeks against African uh, immigrants here in South Africa, whom uh, violent protesters accuse of taking jobs and scarce resources away from South Africans. Are the proposed changes, uh, the, you know, to South Africa's immigration policy as a result of uh, the tensions over xenophobic attacks on African immigrants? No, no, no. We, we have been engaged in this process for, for a long time. But again, I think the minister is on record. He put it clear in, 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 in the conference to say immigration as a concept is not a burden to a country. Instead, 
immigration is promoting uh, development, uh, social understanding of things and communities and all that. What is the problem? Is the management of immigration. We can't say everybody who comes into our country they are coming here with a bad intention. It can't be. In fact, we are able to trace that the economy of South Africa was built by people who are coming from our neighboring states. And we even know that even our freedom was coming from the assistance of the neighboring states, the continent, and the rest of the world. So we can't be naive about that. So the only witness which we are having in the system, which we are pointing it out, is the one to say, let's manage the immigration, starting from government, the society, and the region as a whole. Once we have done that, then we're going to start seeing the benefits of, 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 of immigration. So we are still saying immigration is not a burden to the state. But what is the issue is to manage it properly. Once we have done that, then we'll be able to educate our people. They will be able to understand and say, oh, if the people are here are for this reason and all that. That's what we are looking at. Now, Dumelo, since the start of the South Africa's Lesotho Special Permit, what do you think are uh, the successes and the shortcomings of South Africa's Lesotho Special Permit Arrangement? I think one of the biggest successes, and I think the minister, uh, the minister has also echoed and raised this, Honorable Gigaba raised this issue of countries building strong, vibrant, credible civil registration system. So one of the major successes of the Lesotho Special Permit was the the, the building and the maintaining of um, the Lesotho civil registration system. Um, and ensuring that we build and maintain a credible population register. But not only that, a system that we're able to now interface with our colleagues in the in the Republic. And so I think if there's one major success is that we're, we're able to demonstrate what our political leadership has echoed back in 2009 when for the first time African Union established a standalone ministers of ministers conference on civil registration to say if we are as a continent ready and willing to move towards free movement of people across the continent we should first as countries build strong civil registration we should know who our people are and i think one of the successes of the Lesotho special permit is exactly that where where a solid civil registration system was a basis for what has been hailed as a major policy intervention. So I think that is a major success. But equally important, I think, is um, instilling confidence to our nationals and to say, look, you need to be documented. You need to be regularized. You cannot just go to the neighboring countries and work and, and, and not be documented. But once you are documented, you have the requisite documents, you will then be ready and you will be willing or the authorities will be willing to assist you. So for me, I think the the successes of the special permit is exactly that. The challenge, though, which emerged as we roll out the project, was that given the history and what has happened over the years, 
there was a lot of skepticism around the project, and so there was a low uptake. But I think where we are today, a number of our people now have confidence that the systems are there and the systems are properly functioning. And so what is now required is to now move forward so that even when they are called to do what is right, they will do the right thing and, 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 and present themselves and not um, be afraid of you know what used to happen in the past, that they will present themselves and they know they are undocumented and that they will be arrested. So I think that was a shortcoming. But for so, me, the success was what our political leaders did or said back in 2009 in Addis and said it is time for Africa to build strong, credible and properly functioning civil registration. Once that, once Africa has that, once each country in Africa has a very solid, strong civil registration system, then the issue of migration, management of migration becomes relatively easy. The issue of movement of people across borders becomes relatively easy. And I think we have been able to demonstrate that with Lesotho Special Permit. All right, let me let me come back to you, um, uh, High Commissioner, before we take a break. What do you think about uh, uh, Lesotho's special permit arrangement? What do you think have been the successes and the shortcomings of this uh, of this uh, dispensation? <laughs> Our cry is that uh, countries in the region require those special status permits the, the way Lesotho and Zimbabwe were offered. This is because of our history together, the regional links between the, the can- South Africa and the countries in the, especially sub-region like SADC area. Um, we have uh, quite a substantive population here in South Africa. Uh, it's not, of course, as huge as the numbers that uh, Zimbabwe and uh, Lesotho has, but we'd also like to benefit from such a special quota system, especially that if you recognize that um, most of um the, the visitors or, or, or immigrants to this country uh, could be economic immigrants. And um, they are seeking work, they are seeking benefit, or they are entrepreneurs and trying to survive in South Africa. So uh, it is uplifting to recognize that a problem exists and how do we resolve it in the interim. Like my, my colleague stated from um, uh, Lesotho, that uh, of course we need to strengthen our systems to ensure that our documents are credible, our documents are traceable, and that we can account for our people while they are in South Africa or when they are in any part of the country or any part of the world. This is more so, especially when the issue of crime, for example, uh, arises, because remember one of the conflict is that uh, some uh, foreign nationals have been involved in, in crime, and uh, the police have been saying some are undocumented and we can't trace them, for example, even when we conduct um, uh, 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 fingerprints and we, we can't trace them on our system. So it's very important that our people are properly documented, especially from their countries of origin. So if there is a, a, a nagging issue like the issue of crime, both countries can attend to it, remove such a, pe- a person, because criminals belong in jail, they don't belong in communities. All right, um, stay with us uh, because we are going to take a short break. Unfortunately, we had to say goodbye uh, to Mkuseli Apleni, the Director General of the South African Department of Home Affairs, so he's no longer going to be able to continue with our discussion. But uh, stay with us because we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we continue our discussion on international migration. Stay with us. (laughs) 
We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Welcome back. You are listening to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, your voice of African Renaissance. Today we are talking about international migration and some of the challenges that different African governments are facing in trying to manage the influx of migrants who are moving across the continent. Joining us here on the program is the High Commissioner of Zambia, um, His Excellency Emmanuel Mwamba, as well as um, the Tumelo Raboleti. He is the director of the Department of Home Affairs in the Kingdom of Lesotho. Tumelo, let me let me come back to you. Um, one of the panelists who participated in the recently held conference has alluded to the fact that uh, uh, you know who took part in the discussions mentioned that they should be the SADC special work visa. Do you think this is feasible uh, to Melo? Uh, no, thank you very much. Uh, I think, like I said, for me, what is key, if you look at the green paper, it also takes this regional approach. But what is important is it, take, it takes into account elements of that economic migrants within the regional approach. So, in particular for me, is the introduction of what they call SADAC special work visa. And if you look at that SADAC special work visa, it takes care of small businesses, those SADAC nationals that are running small businesses in South Africa. It takes care of those unskilled SADAC nationals that are working in the South Africa and that are contributing to the economic development of the Republic. And so if you look at that bigger picture, to say for the first time the green paper, the white paper now looks at a SADAC special uh, visa. Yes, there is, um, I, I mean, attached to that is that it is not, it is not just going to be a blanket SADAC visa. Countries will be assigned specific quotas to that. That will be negotiated bilaterally at the later stage. But I think what needs to be commented is that the, the acknowledgement of the fact that South Africa as a member of um, the African continent, but critically important as a member of SADC, it's also taking note that within the Republic there are a number of nationals from SADC that are meaningfully contributing into the economic development of South Africa, but who were not previously accommodate, uh, accommodated by previous laws. And I think this that is why I said, for me, this is um, a commendable uh, document and one hopes that would go through approval process of the Republic because and, and I think it will take care even what we are seeing across the Republic of a number of migrants who are almost every other man deported to their respective countries but who are meaningfully contributing into the Republic that will take care of that process um, and if you look at what uh, DG Aplin was discussing earlier on with respect to asylum seekers a lot of people who go and seek and apply for asylum are literally migrant, uh, economic migrants. But because they were not catered for by the law, then they would be advised otherwise to go and apply for asylum. When in fact they are 
they, they, they are economic migrants. So for, for me, and to answer your question, I think the proposed uh, international management of international migrant migration within the African context, particularly that provision that introduces a SADAC special work quota, and that quota taking into account several elements, um, be it domestic, small businesses, you know, traders. For me, that takes care of what us in SADAC would probably refer to as SADAC visa. Sure. Now, High Commissioner Muamba, what is the situation in your country concerning refugees and migrants? How are you managing uh, your um, the immigrants who are entering your country? Uh, first of all, before I go to my country, um, sure. I just wanted to recognize that for, uh, South Africa uh, is one of the largest economies in Africa, um, and of course one of the one of the group of um, largest uh, economies in the world. And metropolis like Johannesburg, Pretoria, or Cape Town, uh, uh, the economic base are quite quite wide. So you will see that our young people in Africa who wish to seek economic refuge. Uh, they'll likely go to Europe, USA, or they'll come to South Africa. So the recognition, because of the economic status of South Africa, is that it will be an attraction for uh, people, especially economic migrants, who think that uh, in their mindset that they can have opportunities in such a large economy. Uh, uh, and I am glad, I'm glad that um, the, the reference to a SADC visa is, is very welcome and it's recognizing people of lower skills. Remember the doctors, teachers, lecturers and engineers, there's no problem or architects in this country because those are rare skills and as a country they've been they've been integrated into this economy without problems. But it's a lower people with lower skills that have had difficulties and the quarters will go to answer that particular need. Um, Zambia, like, like South Africa, also has the issue of um, immigrants coming to our country. For us, we have uh, a history. Remember that um, we hosted uh, liberation movements and exiles from the entire region, whether they were from Mozambique, Angola, Zimbabwe, Namibia, and South Africa. We, we, we already have this history, and our communities do understand that uh, Zambia is a safe haven. Many people will be attracted for various reasons. The resource of peace, the resource that is, uh, is known as a sanctuary, will in itself attract people running away from places of conflict or from places of war. So we've um, worked collaboratively with especially UNHCR to ensure that this process is managed. Uh, we are a growing economy, and uh, we have, again, Many people that are, that are attracted to that. For example, we have a lot of South Africans who are working in the mining sector in our sure. country. Uh, and um, they are given permits to, to work, work permits for periods of three years and their renewal. But there is also encouragement on skills transfer, that a special skill that comes to our country at least should be transferred to our local people. Because remember, even when you are dealing with international migration, you still have to take care of the needs of your local population. Similarly to what, uh, for example, uh, this conference discussed with South Africa.
Sure. Now, as, as, as we conclude uh, our program in his speech, Minister Malusi Gigaba, of course, he is uh, the Minister of uh, the South African Department of Home Affairs. Um, when he opened the conference recently, he, he talked about uh, drawing lessons from ECOWAS region. What do you think, Tumelo, um, are the lessons that the SADC region can draw uh, from what ECOWAS has been able to do in terms of managing uh, the influx of migrants into that region? Thank you very much. Um, I, I think uh, lots of lessons to be learned, and I know our colleagues in the Republic have taken note of us, not only them, even us in, 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 in the SADC uh, member states. If you look at ECOWAS, ECOWAS has truly moved. They have also introduced a SADC uh, ECOWAS passport. But there's also free movement of people um, in and amongst the member states. But what is key, which is what I want to, which is what I want to underline here, because even if you look at East African region too, seems to have moved in that regard. They, they 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 have an integrated system where there are civil registration authorities. Um, pretty much a similar. They they talk to each other. They they, they they are based on a similar platform, and that is why I said for me what was critical was what Minister Kigaba highlighted in her, in his opening um, remarks when he acknowledged that um, Africa had to institutionalize a conference of ministers responsible for civil registration, particularly to look at ensuring that we know who our people are and that we have systems in place so that once we roll out programs like the one that ECOWAS has, then we know we have, our, we have systems, systems in place. So I think there are a lot of lessons learned out of ECOWAS, but we also, I also believe that as SADAC we have also made strides towards um, free movement, towards managing migration within our region. So I think in, in the near future I'm fairly comfortable that our region too will move in that direction. But what is key, and one is fairly comfortable if you look at a lot of our SADAC member states, they are having um, the credible, they are beginning to have credible and managing their legal documents, be it travel documents, be it national identity cards, and the civil registration. Sure. And I'm, I, I'm confident that once we have those up and running, it will be a thing of the past, the, the, the barriers, the bottlenecks that we have had in the region. So there are lessons learned out of ECOWAS, but I think they also have lessons learned out of SADAC. Um, one is hopeful that we will soon be uh, off the ground. Now, unfortunately, this uh, brings uh, to the end of yet another edition of African Dialogue here on uh, Channel Africa. I would like to thank uh, my guests for having joined us on the show. Tune in again uh, to Channel Africa to catch other informative installment of African Dialogue. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You are welcome to interact with us via Twitter handle at Channel Africa. Africa Facebook or you can simply SMS your views uh, to 0823325905 if you want to email us you can do so at info at channelafrica.org so until next time it is goodbye for now cheers